Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to Growth in Progress, the podcast where we have open and honest conversations about things that aren't usually discussed, but that can help us all to grow. In each episode, we start by catching up and sharing some of our favourite discoveries. And then we discuss a topic that we feel is really relevant to right now, the sort of thing that a lot of people are thinking, but not necessarily talking about. How have you been? What have you been up to? It's obviously a bit, you know, not a lot going on because we are back in a national lockdown in the UK. But aside from that, how have you been? I mean, not too bad. Yeah, it was a bit of a, I mean, I'm not gonna say it was a bit of a blow because it had to happen. And we all knew it was coming, didn't we? Like, with it's been a tough pill to swallow, but it needs to be done. Um, just trying to keep busy, really. I think that's like the main focus for me, just keep busy, whether it's with work, going out on walks, or just, I don't know, making sure I've got something to look forward to, like food or watching a movie, whatever it is. I think it's just I don't know it sounds really mundane but what else can you do you just got to keep going at the moment yeah I'm trying to see it as like it doesn't affect my day-to-day like existence too much because I was already working from home I was lucky I could so I'm just trying to focus on exactly what you just said like little things in the day that add a little bit of brightness and just thinking like it will be worth it in the end and just pushing through but at least like the one thing I'm thinking is at least at this time of year there isn't an awful lot to go and do anyway like this isn't the time of year where you're going out and seeing friends and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's true. And like you said, not a lot has actually changed. I've had, I was already working from home and staying at home, so I guess things aren't that different anyway. And I guess it is good. It's happening what January, February time. If it was happening in the summer, I feel like people would be kicking up even more of a fuss. But if it's going to happen at some point, it's got to be in the the two quietest months of the year where no one's got any money to do anything or go anywhere anyway. Yeah, and I also feel it's a bit like um, I've I've still kind of sort of vaguely got that New Year buzz, so I'm just hanging on to that. Like, it's still a New Year, like things can still be great. Like, yeah, something else to focus on. There's the whole year ahead. A hundred percent. One of the things I've been doing a lot is distracting myself with Netflix. Though, shall I share my recommendation for this episode? Yes, please. So it is Dream Home Makeover on Netflix it's one of their original shows and it's essentially a home makeover series and it's um, hosted by the McGee's and some people might know them from Instagram their account is called Studio McGee and they have the most beautiful interiors really there's quite a lot of white in there but it's also quite like earthy tones they kind of managed to get the contemporary cozy mid-century modern type combination really really well and the premise is really simple. It's going to people's houses and do these makeovers, but they're like huge. Like they're all in these giant American houses and the budgets are like insane. And they're like seven bed houses with seven and a half bathrooms and an attached basketball court and stuff like that. Oh so it's God. like, it's proper escapism. Like it is no 60 minute makeover. It is like full on, like 
it's just really cool to be nosy into someone else's house and also like I don't know being at home so much makes me want to refresh my living space so it's like living vicariously through them god I'm so glad it's not just me who watches these shows because we have been like there's so much good stuff on tv and on netflix and everything and I almost feel guilty for not watching it but we watch so many home reno shows it is unbelievable like hgtv the tv channel is permanently on all the time and there's just endless home renovation shows on there but have you seen the um lottery dream makeover or no No. lottery dream home no I don't even know what this channel you're talking about is I'm very excited about this I mean it's one of like the freeview channels so they always like the episodes are a couple of years old but there's like um building in the windy city there's like um um, flip or flop there's uh, like home flippers there's everything on there but this one is like lottery dream home and it's someone who it's all about people who have won the lottery in America and they basically just tell this dude who's very over the top what their budget is and he finds them their dream home so obviously the budgets are insane like millions of dollars and he goes and finds them a house and it's it's like cringy and over the top but also can't stop watching it. <laughs> I just love any home makeover style show. I just think it's like the perfect escapism. And there is nothing cozier than like sitting back and watching an episode of Location, Location, Location with Phil and Kirsty when life's a bit rough, I think. And this kind of fills that gap. Like it's kind of like a more modern and obviously American version of that. Um, and if you want some trashier TV, because, you know, no judgment here, Australian First Dates has started. No, not First Dates. That's a lie. Australian Married at First Sight. That's the one that started. Um, I've not seen this yet, but I was a big fan of Married at First Sight in the autumn. So I'm, I'm really disappointed. I'm pretty sure the American, the Australian one that's showing is the one that already aired that we saw while we were there. Oh no. Okay, that's a bit disappointing for you. <laughs> it is a little bit sad. Maybe I'll just rewatch it for the thrills. <laughs> yeah. It's good background TV, isn't it? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Tell me about what you've been enjoying in the past week. So my recommendation this week is a book and it's called The Heat Wave by Kate Riordan. But it's a Richard and Judy book club recommendation, so you know that it's gonna be a good commercial fiction and I've been absolutely hooked on it it's what I've plowed through in this first week of the year Um, and it's a psychological suspense book and it's so well written I just felt so unsettled the whole way through it's not it's not horror it's not scary Um, it's just really well written to make you feel like a little bit on edge and I just found myself so involved in the characters lives and it basically jumps between two eras so um, it follows a woman who she grew up in the south she's French and she grew up in the south of France and she gets married and has her first child there and it jumps between her early motherhood and then uh, 20 years later when she's had her second daughter and moved to London but she's had to come back to the family home because she still owns it and no one lives there but there's been a, a fire So she has to go back and clear it out and she decides it's time to sell it. And her first daughter has has died 
the one that it's jumping back to and you know that something has happened but you're not quite sure what and so it jumps between the two as she's she's in the same place in both time frames in this in this same family house and it's how the current time frame is making her remember everything that happened before and it is so unsettling in the way that it always is when you get a child character that's obviously a bit of a psychopath that's not a spoiler because you know very early on that the child is not normal and I think if if you've did you read Flower Girls no I did just read Silent Patient though and I loved it so, so I I think you'd like Heatwave because it's got a similar sort of vibe it's not scary but it is very unsettling and yeah I just it's so well written I felt like it was so vividly described I really felt like I was actually living in it as well like really vivid descriptions and I love the characters and it's really easy reading as well so I definitely recommend giving it a I was about to say giving it a watch giving it a read sounds like really great escapism as well yeah yeah it definitely was I think just the writing was so vivid I was just imagining everything so so clearly I don't know maybe that is escapism trying to escape from the current reality of lockdown but but yeah I really recommend giving that a read if you get the chance so this week we want to talk about um, what to do if you're unhappy at work or in your job um, because we've both been there we know how demoralizing that is and how much being unhappy in your job can have an impact on your mental health it is draining and we know we're not the only ones to have experienced it as well obviously the job market is so uncertain right now and gone are the days of almost the whim of thinking I'll quit my job and I'll find something new because things are so different now Um, So we thought it'd be really useful because it's a new year to just chat about some of those options that you could consider, things that you can do and also how to cope if you are in that situation at your job, because I feel like it is something that so many people experience and not a lot of people discuss it. Yeah, I feel like often there's that narrative of, oh, you're never going to enjoy your job 100% of the time. And I, I think that's true. Like whatever job you're in, whatever industry you're in, whatever you do, there are going to be days that are just really crap and that you don't like. But I think there's a difference between like the odd bad day or like a bad week and that consistent, relentless feeling of being really unhappy. Because like you said, it takes a massive toll on your mental health. Like if you're at work for what, 40 hours a week and you feel miserable for all of them and then it kind of seeps into the rest of your life, it can feel really hard to cope. And, you know, it's not it isn't like you said, it's not always as simple as. I'm just going to leave my job. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think what it comes down to, especially when things are so uncertain and upping and leaving is just not an option for most people right now, I think it's important to really get to the bottom of what's going on, whether you are unhappy in your job and the company that you're with as a whole, or whether it's more a case of you feeling undervalued or perhaps a bit stagnant Mm. in your role. And I think differentiating those things is is really important to figure out whether whether you're just looking for the next step in your career or whether you're looking for a completely different career change. Because both because both of those things can make you feel unhappy. But I think figuring out which one it is for you is really important to figure out what your next step should be. I couldn't agree more. I think especially at the moment when 
so many people have just felt really burned out from particularly the past year sometimes it is just feeling really undervalued and that consistently can just make you feel a bit low generally and then you're going to work in an environment where you don't feel good and valued you're not going to feel happy in that job and I think kind of how you need to respond to it differs whether it's a case of you feeling undervalued or you're actually unhappy but I think to work that process out one of the best things you can do one of the best things you can do full stop in a situation like this is just talk to someone like whether it's a friend or a family member who's completely outside of work and completely outside of your industry so it's a really fresh perspective or whether it's like a close colleague you work with who you feel you can be really honest with and trust it helps to relieve a huge amount of stress because when you're unhappy at work it is a massive stress in your life and once you start to release release some of that pressure you can then start to go okay am I undervalued am I unhappy and just drill down exactly into what that is yeah that's so true I couldn't agree more because so much of especially right now so much of the stress from work we don't have any other outlet like we're in a pandemic a lot of us can't do the usual hobbies that we would we can't socialize and spend time with friends or family like we usually would so I think not having that outlet outside of work is so difficult right now um but I think as well as that if you have the option to talk to your manager or your boss or HR, if you're able to do that, I think it can be a really good practical step to take to figure out if if you do feel that it's a case of you being undervalued or perhaps overworked, like you were saying, if it's burnout, both of those options need to be something that you speak about with with your manager, because the chances are they're not actually aware that you feel that way. So it might be a case of If you are feeling a bit stagnant, then you can talk about taking on more responsibility or managing a new project or maybe working in a different team. Or alternatively, if you are feeling really burnt out and stressed, maybe you can speak to someone about different ways to manage your workload or spreading out differently or with someone else. I think it's so hard, especially now when everyone's working online, you're not in the same office as your manager and it makes it even harder for colleagues managers bosses whoever to notice if you're not doing well and you're not coping yeah there's none of those like oh do you just want to go grab a coffee or should we go get a bit of lunch kind of moments you can take with your colleagues where one of you senses the other one's a bit stressed or upset about something and you walk away and you get that breath of fresh air you're on your own pretty much constantly now so it's really it's just even more intense and I think if you can have that conversation with someone it's always going to help and it's going to help to just work out whether it is that thing of like is it the actual job you don't like is it the is it someone or the people you work with that's causing part of the problem or is it like a combination of different things is it a certain project you're working on that like fills you with dread every single time you think about it if you can start to work out what that is and share that then there's going to be a solution because there's always a solution yeah I think that's the big thing isn't it if you are feeling unhappy at work at the moment really analyzing what it is and what part of it that's really struggling that you're really struggling with or that's really getting to you and once you have really done that analysis of what what it is that's making you unhappy that's when you need to start making a plan if you do realize that it's just the company the whole job itself that is making you unhappy you need to put a plan in place for whatever your next steps are because we're not going to sit here and say quit your job, do what makes you happy, because obviously things are so uncertain right now that that's 
that's just not solid advice for us to sit there and say that. Um, mm. I think having a plan in place um, in terms of jobs to apply for, what you need to research, what you need to know, any skills that you might need to learn, um, financial stability, all of those things need to go into a plan before making that decision that leaving your job is the best thing to do. And actually, when you start to make that plan, even if you know you're not going to be able to put it into motion for like months or something, every little step you take towards it frees up a little bit more kind of space in your mind and you're one step closer to being in a better position. It's not, you might not be able to quit your job and find another job really quickly and it might not be something that happens overnight, but it's something you're moving towards and that in itself can be so powerful if you're unhappy to prove to yourself that you're making a change. And I think even if you are unhappy in your job, you can, it's not to say you're ungrateful for your job. I think at the moment there are people in really awful financial situations who have lost their jobs, who have been redundant and all things like that. And it's definitely not to say, oh, you're not grateful for your job if you go, I'm unhappy in it. Um, But even now, when things are really difficult, there are still kind of plans you can start to look at to what happens when we come out the other side of this yeah totally because because of the situation we're in we totally acknowledge that it people just can't leave their jobs right now it's so such a horrible situation to be in to be that unhappy in your job but know that your only option for right now is to stay and I think it almost gives you that bit of hope if you can really make plans to be ready for as soon as you can leave, whether that's two months, five months, however long it is from now, make those plans so that you're ready. And I think having something to look forward to, those opportunities to look forward to in the future, it is something really, it's something really nice to focus on. I know I've had that in the past when I, when I've not been in a job that I love, but I know I'm getting ready to take the step into something that I hope I'm really going to enjoy. And it's exciting because it's new and it's different and it's something that you're passionate about. And I, I know it's easier said than done sometimes to focus on the opportunities, but sometimes that is one of the easiest ways to manage how you're feeling in your current job. For sure. And I think as well, it's that thing of things aren't moving quickly at the moment. So don't pile on the pressure to suddenly have all these extra skills and be ready to apply for these jobs tomorrow. But by the same measure, you don't want to be in a position where a great opportunity presents itself and you're not ready for it. Because I sort of feel like these types of opportunities are probably going to start coming out of the blue a little bit. And you don't want to be sitting there going, oh, damn, like, I wish I'd put a bit more time into like trying to finesse this skill or something and miss out on it. And you're never going to be worse off for trying to just better yourself in whatever way it is. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there's so many free resources out there as well. That's the key thing. It doesn't have to cost money for you to learn a new skill. There's so many free online courses, YouTube videos. There's loads of things to focus on if you decide that it's time for your career to go in a different direction. Absolutely. But I think the main thing to say if you are unhappy at work you don't need to do it on your own you don't need to handle that burden on your own and Mm. like we said before whether that is speaking to someone who's close to you whether it's speaking to someone at work or someone in your family 
or even I know some companies do actually have a, a mental health provider that they have for their employees maybe look into if your company has that facility in place so you can speak to someone completely removed and anonymously just about how you're feeling I think just don't do it alone because already we're all so isolated in this situation that then feeling unhappy in your role when you're completely on your own doing that role every day just kind of exacerbates it even more yeah for sure don't don't feel like you're on your own because everyone can say it's easy to say I'm having a bad day at work or work's rubbish right now if you're really unhappy just the weight it takes off your shoulders when you talk to someone about any problem it just it just relieves a bit of pressure and it makes it so much easier to cope with and I think doing things like setting boundaries becomes easier like if you know you can't leave your job if you know that there's no let up in the situation and there really isn't a lot you can do about it one thing you can try to do is just set those really clear boundaries with yourself and go actually I'm not going to work loads of overtime I'm going to work the hours I'm paid to work and I'm going to try and take a lunch break I'm going to get outside each day I'm not going to work on the weekends or whatever your work schedule is so that at least it's not encroaching any more on your life than it already is especially right now when so many of us are at home when let's face it we don't have a lot else to do it's really easy to let it spill into the rest of our lives I don't know it's almost a bit of a catch-22 at the moment isn't it because now more than ever you need a work-life balance but now more than ever it's so hard to find that balance because you are just confined inside four walls all day every day yeah finding it's definitely hard but I think the important thing is it doesn't have to be an overnight change like if you've got into a habit where you're working like an extra couple of hours every evening just try and over the course of a week or so reduce that like if you're someone who never takes a lunch break set yourself a goal of like watching something in your lunch break I normally put on like an episode of a sitcom because we're about 20 minutes and then if nothing else I know I've had a full 20 minute break in my day where I've been completely distracted and ideally it will be longer than that but even then on like the worst days I know I've had a break and you feel a bit more refreshed it reminds you there's a world outside of work yeah and I I actually had this just reminded me I had a manager once who said to me you are not being paid enough to be spending time outside of work worrying about this job yeah and they were saying there's CEOs and there's directors who are being paid an obscene amount of money and they're managing huge international corporations. Yeah, if they want to pull a 70-hour work week, at least they're getting paid for that. Chances are not a lot of us are in that position. I mean, I know I've never been in that position. I think it's about working out what you're willing to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to sacrifice your mental health and your own well-being and any sense of boundaries or balance you need to take a step back and that's probably a really good first step to deciding when is the right time for you to leave your job when the time is right Mm. because by setting the boundary it all kind of plays into each other doesn't it because as soon as you start setting a boundary you remove yourself a little bit more from the situation so then you can see more clearly you're like god as if I was trying to do like I don't know a report or this like sending all these emails whatever it is late at night when actually that it hasn't helped me I don't feel any better I don't feel any calmer 
and you actually could have been enjoying that time like with your family or whether you're just like sitting in front of the telly just not doing anything especially right now we need like we all need that time you're already giving so much but you said you're not getting paid to be stressed as well yeah so true but I really hope this brings some comfort to people who are feeling like this or are considering leaving their job I know it's a really hard decision to make and especially when things are so Mm. uncertain at the moment I think as well it's always worth remembering that this is just like a tiny part of your whole career and your whole life like the situations the people the the whole package of what a job is is temporary in your life so although it's might be making you feel awful right now and that's perfectly like a legitimate way to feel it isn't forever like you're you can put a plan in place it will be temporary and you'll look back and it will almost feel like a blip like I I can definitely look back at jobs I've had where I haven't been happy and now I'm like oh yeah that was like a lifetime ago so it does get better time does move on but when you're in it I think there are just things you can do that aren't necessarily quitting and walking away because let's be honest that's not a privilege afforded to all of us at all times yeah god I look back on jobs now and I I can see that they were such a learning curve and I learned something from it even if that thing that I learned was you cannot sacrifice your mental health for a Mm. job like even if that was the lesson I learned I think you'll look back and see it see that it was just a chapter especially now when the kind of jobs that we all have are we've said it before but it's like portfolio careers we no longer go into one job and stay in it for 30 years and you shouldn't feel like you have to I mean equally if you if you do and you want to that's that's great but there's no requirement for that anymore Mm. so I think you will look back and realize that it was a chapter of something that led on to whatever you're doing next or whatever it is that you're doing now but I think being able to analyze and evaluate it now to figure out what your best next step is is more important than considering how it's going to benefit you in the future for sure because I think we definitely have a culture particularly in this country where giving everything to work is so important and you should it's almost like burnout and working extra hours is like some weird like badge of honor where you're told not to do it but also it's expected of you and you kind of should but you shouldn't and we've got a really toxic relationship with work in this country I think and not just in the UK like in a lot of places and so then when you go I'm unhappy at work it's almost like oh we'll just shut up up and put up because everyone's in that situation but actually it doesn't matter if everyone else is in that situation if you're unhappy at work and you want to change it you deserve better you you can do that it just might take longer or might have other challenges involved along the way but just because it might be in inverted commas normal it doesn't mean it's how any of us should ever feel god yeah it's not normal it's not normal to be unhappy in a job you shouldn't expect that to be the norm at all yeah I think we've reached a point where we're told we'll always love our jobs and we should love our careers and I think that's really important I really do um but I think then it makes it even a little bit rougher when you're really unhappy because you've almost been sold this thing of like, you're going to love your job, you're going to love your career. And that's not always the case. So if you're in that boat at the moment, um, hopefully this has brought you some comfort or at least helped you to kind of build together some sort of action plan, your escape route, your it will get better plan. 
Yeah, for sure. You're absolutely not alone. I know that we've both felt like this. We've both been in this situation. I know so many other people who have been as well. Um, of course, if if you've perhaps gone through this already or if you have any tips that you'd like to share as well, please do let us know because we'd love to share them on future episodes and on our social media as well. I think it's a really important topic that people should discuss more. Yeah, for sure. Because like we were saying, you can work between what, 35 to 40 hours a week minimum. That's a huge chunk of your life. Like that's too long to be unhappy constantly. Yeah. Yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, then please don't forget to hit subscribe on whatever podcast player you are using at the moment, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Acast, or whatever platform you're listening on. That means that you'll stay up to date with all the extra episodes we're putting out this year. And if you could also just leave us a little little review and a five-star rating, that would also be really great. It really does help us to grow the podcast. And in the meantime, we hope you're all safe and doing well. And we can't wait to speak to you all again next week. Bye. Bye. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.